Hey, what's everybody looking at? Please tell me you saw that. Saw what? Huh, girl, I can't with you. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom. And I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into looking at, hmm, do you need an awareness tune-up? I'll see you then. Hey, it's okay. It happens to everyone. Every now and again, we have to be reminded that we got to stay sharp and that we could be slipping when it comes to being on our game and catching the nuances of life. I had a wonderful time uh, reading the Dan Brown books when they first came out, and I almost idolized the fictional character Robert Langdon. And it was something because I was like, oh my gosh, he is so brilliant. He sees so many things and his, the symbologies and all of that kind of stuff. And it kind of got me on a kick where I actually got a symbols encyclopedia and I'm very thankful for it. I still have it today. And um, I started paying more attention to things that were hidden in plain sight. And because of that, I started to notice that up until that time, I had been walking around in a haze and I was just letting life just go before me and missing so much of it. And so today I wanted to look at and dig down a little bit into um, the concept of our awareness. And if we're really doing what we can to stay on top of our game and not just to maintain the awareness that we have, but to continue always evolving it and growing it and changing it to meet the needs of what's needed. Now, one of the things that I do want to say about awareness is uh, for the for the to keep this, you know, contained in our little talk today, our little chat today, I'm only going to talk about awareness with regards to conscious awareness, uh, namely focusing around the, the senses and what we perceive, meaning what we see and those types of things, because we <laughs> this could be a week-long series if we really got into it. But let's just suffice to say we're going to keep it on just the regular level of everyday wakefulness and those types of things. Now, with that, um, in one of my previous podcasts, I did a quick little rundown of the four main uh, frequencies, brain frequencies that we operate in. And I talked about the waking um, frequency that we're in when we're awake and you know, um, aware is going to be a beta frequency. And it's the fastest frequency of the four that uh, we normally operate in. And then just below that one would be alpha. And it's a little slower. And it's kind of like that trance, the daydream. And it is, it makes you highly uh, susceptible to suggestion. And for in inputting things, it's kind of like the perfect time, uh, uh, not time, but frequency to be in if you want to absorb and learn stuff. And then there's the theta. That's uh, um, uh, the first layer of sleep. It's also where REM sleep, rapid eye movement, dreams, and those types of things happen. And then there's delta. 
uh, where you have the deep sleep and it's uh, kind of like sleeping like a baby. And of course, we have catatonic and some others. But for the most part, those those four that I talked about, beta, alpha, theta and delta are the ones that we operate in. And so and it, um, when we're we spend so we spend most of our time in beta wakefulness and we oscillate in and out of uh, beta and alpha throughout the day. When you daydream, you drift off, um, you get into a trance, those types of things. Um, and, you know, if you doze off for a minute, that's uh, a building a bridge between uh, alpha and then into theta. And uh, what you want to to take away from me going through these different frequencies is that at any given time, you might think you're fully awake, but you could be oscillating back and forth uh, between beta and alpha. Okay, so I just wanted to lay that foundation so that we could stay on the same vein here when I'm talking about working on awareness tune-up. Okay. So the other day I also mentioned that uh, to be, when I talked about being a good listener and uh, some others, I, I talked about how people tend to uh, drift off and uh, fall into a daze and they're in their own little world. Well, they are actually probably able to take in more of what's being said to them straight into their subconscious than they are when they are paying attention in beta. And it might be that they don't realize that when they go to sleep, um, maybe that night or another night, that they could easily start processing that conversation that they had uh, because it has been stored and filed in their temporary memory to decide whether it's a keeper or if it's a goner. And so there are a lot of things at work. And the wisdom for us today is that from time to time, you need to pay attention to it, just like we take uh, external uh, baths and showers and keep ourselves with good hygiene. We have to do this as well for um, our mental health, our emotional health, and our um, bodily health. And so with looking at uh, having an awareness tune-up, this is going to help us, hopefully, <laughs> to stay on top of staying healthy and astute, okay? So I'm just going to say it up front. Our eyes, they suck. They do. They We tend to believe that our eyes are part of the five major senses, you know, of, of seeing, and we believe what our eyes take in. And at best, we are, uh, we, when you're, when we're working with our, our perception, what we see and those types of things, we rely a lot on what we take in visually. But for the for for what I want to say about that is our eyes are there to receive um, pictures and it is our brains that interpret what we see. And thus, that is at best an illusion of what we take in. 
because our eyes are only part of the, the receptors and part of the senses that we work with. There are so many things going on that uh, if we had to pay attention to all of them, it wouldn't work. And so understanding the reason why you are able to devote as much conscious time and attention to what you're seeing is because there are so many other um, senses happening uh, that the the way we're wired has made it such that we don't pay attention to it. Like for instance, uh, our equilibrium, our perception of body placement. Why is it that you don't have to look down at your feet when you walk or feeling hot or cold? Um, it's, uh, and knowing the difference, it's not just part of the feeling senses. It is a, a, a kinesthetic, uh, perception or receptor that allows us to put our hand close to a, um, uh, a fire and, and feel the heat from afar before we even get close enough to touch it. Um, and it just goes on and on at any given time. Scientists, they say that we land on somewhere between 14 and 20 senses senses are part of our sensory network. So the top five are the ones that are easiest for us to get familiar with that are going to give us a lot of bang for our buck to be aware of. But if you think about it and you're only thinking that you have that not have to, but you're only thinking that there are five senses and no more, your awareness is going to be a little stunted because you're either, and I don't want to say you're ignoring it, but I'm saying that there's so much more out there that uh, is happening. And no, you don't have to be a scientist or an expert in learning all these things. I'm just giving you this stuff up front so that um, we can have a better understanding that our world is so much more than what we see while we're awake. I'm not even trying to talk about the subconscious and all of these other levels and frequencies that we can experience. And But given where we are and what people believe is their reality, um, it is part of the fact that whatever you perceive is your reality. And too many times people think that their perception is totally dictated by what they physically see. And that's just not the case. And so today we're going to look at the fact that what we see is represents probably the most narrow plane of existence of reality that we can take in. Have you ever been in a situation where you could feel somebody's um, ire or anger from afar? You just you just knew. And no matter how much they tried to clean it up and say, I'm fine or we're good, you knew, you knew. So what is that? That is part of your awareness kicking in to help you to sense danger, to sense possible peril, and to send messages to your body to get you ready to either uh, fight or flee. And so there, like I said, there's a lot going on. And then what we have to do is we have to make these adjustments throughout the day. 
going to work and working with coworkers and um, being thrust into groups of people, not of your choosing, but simply because you all got thrown into a project together and you have to make it work. That <laughs> that can really cause us to have to do um, overtime and trying to stay aware. And thus, if you're only relying on a narrow understanding of your awareness, it'll be very taxing. There will be times when you might feel like, I just don't get it. I don't understand. Why is it so hard to be here to do this? Or why is this person... Um, slacking off or why am I having friction and tension with this person or get this one why do I feel like I need to be on guard but everyone is smiling and seems to be happy you see the more we get into it the more we have to realize that at any given time we are on constant uh, a constant vigilance of trying to uh, have self-preservation, self-protection, being aware, uh, looking out for danger, looking out for opportunity. And so it is so important that we stop from time to time and do an awareness tune-up. Okay, so I've talked a little bit about um, the frequencies that our brains are in and at any given time when we're awake, we're vacillating between beta, which is wakefulness, and alpha, which is the dreamy-like um, daydreamy state, the trance state. And to be careful because when you're uh, in alpha, even though your mind might be on some daydream you've got going on, you are still highly susceptible to taking in things from your environment. All right, so now that we've got that down and we understand that, yes, we have more than five senses and that they're all at work, I want us to get to the point where we understand that what we are seeing a lot of times is what we <laughs> is what we expect to see or what we want to see. There is this famous uh, experiment where you have people doing something. Uh, the latest iteration of it is you'll have people uh, throwing balls back and forth or actually playing a basketball game. And they tell you to count either the color, the, the red balls, or um, count how many times uh, the ball is tossed to the people in, in green jerseys or whatever. And what they do, and this the last one I saw was on this uh, show called uh, uh, Brain Games. And so at the end, they ask you how many um, times or did you, you know, did you guess the amount of times? And a lot of people can, can you know, answer it because they've been, they've been paying attention. They are really aware. And then the next question usually is, did you see the gorilla that, you know, <laughs> Uh, did you spot the gorilla? And people are like, what? There was no gorilla. <laughs> and so what ends up happening is, is they'll, you know, show, uh, replay uh, the whole thing and show, because you're now looking for the gorilla, that the uh, gorilla comes in the middle of the court and stands there for a pregnant pause before walking back off. And sure as sugar, there is a gorilla there. And so it, they do this to show us that we have, and they call it unintentional 
blindness, meaning that if you're not expecting it, you have a higher probability of not seeing it. And that's how things can hide in plain sight. And so because of that, we are always needing to practice our awareness of not only looking for what we expect, but looking for outliers. You know, I am a proponent of strengthening our observational skills and our skills of deduction. I am also a proponent for not taking things at face value because uh what we expect and what we want to see is usually only going to be the surface. We have to realize that we got to go underneath and that everything that we take in with our eyes, and yes, I said everything, is at best an icing on a deep layer cake uh, that lies beneath. And we have to take the time to not take it for granted because it's a skill and it, it can it can be honed and uh, sharpened, but it can also act like a muscle where it gets loose and relaxed. And so many things can go over our heads that we might want to pay attention to because knowing them can uh, do everything from helping us to gain favor and have greater opportunities to receive things that we want all the way down to possibly causing us to uh, get into mortal danger. And so one of the wisdom smacks that I have uh, been looking at now that I am um, determined to strengthen my awareness is that I am looking at the um, the jewels, the bombs, and even the rescue plans <laughs> that are rumbling around in my mental basement. And the mental basement is that uh, those memories or even your subconscious that hold things for you. It's kind of like, you you know, you've put them to the side and every now and again they sneak out. But, you know, sometimes when you actually sit down, you can call forth memories or things that you want to think about. And I've gotten to the point where I can say that being able to, to call at will something that I've read or I've thought about um, helps me. And so um, the other day I was uh, watching something on Netflix and it was about someone's life. And it was uh, it was portrayed by, um, uh, uh, oh dear, Eddie Murphy. Yeah. And it, it's, a, it's a movie. It's called um, I Am Dolomite. And uh, it's about a, um, a comedian actor, uh, Rudy Ray Moore. And I am familiar with Rudy Ray Moore's work. I was a little, little kid uh, when he was coming out with his stuff. So I only knew of it as the stuff that my parents were like, you cannot watch this because it was, it was, it was very raunchy. Um, and so I only kind of knew of it from afar. 
and didn't really understand the legend. And so I watched this because I wanted to get acquainted with it. And I'll just be honest, I watched it and I was like, why is Eddie Murphy uh, playing this character like this? And um, it didn't matter. I was just like, hmm. And so instead of just taking it at face value, I started trying to look for different things to give me clues of what I was picking up on. And when it started coming to me, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and I just kept it to myself. But now, of course, now that the the this um, show has come out, people are coming out of the woodworks to, to uh, say things about their take on it, their awareness of it. And then, of course, there are people who knew uh, the original uh, source material, or so, not source material, the, the original guy, and they're confirming what some people's awarenesses are, are saying. And so I wanted to kind of talk about how to actually start developing your awareness in this, you know, these last few minutes that we have together. And so some of the things I'm going to tell you is, is when you are, um, uh, starting to become aware of the fact that you need to sharpen or hone or develop the muscle for awareness, start to do things like let's take from our dear fictional professor, Robert Langdon, and start with any type of symbols, including colors or positions, including directions. So for instance, um, po- uh, positions. Traditionally, if someone is standing, um, that is a person um, in an action positioning, whereas somebody sitting is the person of uh high repute. That is maybe the king, the queen, the person in charge. If a person is kneeling on their knees, that is a person offering themselves for service. If there is a person with uh, in, in bowed, that is reverence or sitting low to the ground. And I even talked about this um, a little bit in the podcast where we talked about status and station. And so those are symbols. Directions, depending on what direction the the person is um, located in or a thing, or if something is pointing to or drawing attention to something to the left, to the right, to uh, to the background or up in front, all of that kind of stuff can have meaning, as well as colors. And the different colors. One of the best places um, that I have used in the in the past, and I don't know if this is available to uh, the common public, but Pantone, uh, the color company, they used to have wonderful references about the uh, the psychological effects of color on people. And uh, they used to talk about it in terms of the primary colors of if you want to elicit certain responses out of people, use certain colors. And also certain colors have symbolic meaning of tradition over the years. And so a quick Google search um, can tell you these types of things as well. But you, we want when you're when you're endeavoring to do this to to hone your skills of awareness you need to broaden your database of reference materials and understanding because symbols are uh, representative of whole concepts that can be very complex but because we can simply 
use a symbol, it's like a quick shorthand for it. So try to become more acquainted with symbols. And then after that, archetypes. Now, I've told you I'm a Jungian uh, girl, Carl Jung, <laughs> the great psychologist, psychiatrist, um, and his work with archetypes and the different types of archetypes. And so a lot of times when we look at things, and I've talked about this before when I've talked about the book, uh, How to Read Literature Like a Professor, he even talks about symbol and uh, pattern and those types of things in this regard. And that is when we look at archetypes and symbols, um, we can look at recurring themes that happen throughout humanity across cultures. So if there is the mother figure, or the the joker jester, or there is the um, the innocent uh, virgin, or the child, or the chameleon. Um, the different archetypes you can um, start to get a deeper awareness. So, for instance, if you are dealing with someone and something strikes you odd. Try to go through your database and see what archetype are they fulfilling. Are there any kind of symbols that either they are inhabiting or tend to be around them? And another thing you can do is look for patterns. And patterns uh, don't make it too hard. When you're trying to look for patterns, just look for something either recurring or something that reminds you of what's going on. If it's a pattern that you watched in a movie or heard in a song and that's what comes to you. That's your pattern and it's okay. You don't have to try to look at the pattern and see the patterns the way someone else would because patterns like metaphor, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to mention that one too, uh, they are individual. They have to make sense to the individual. And then the next one is metaphor. What is something that's the same as or what's the simile? Is there is this like something else that might on the surface appear to not have um, any kind of relation, but it puts you in mind of then that's another way to do the decoding and understanding what's what you're seeing, how to get those those different understandings and understand that everything that we see. <laughs> and when I say see, I'm not just talking about our eyesight. Everything that we see, we take in, we perceive, we feel, we sense. Everything is a layer upon a layer. Remember, there is always another secret to be revealed and answered. And not for nothing, we are coded and made to solve puzzles, to close loops, to investigate. And that is why we have, uh, for some of us, it's a seed, but for other of us, it's raging forest of curiosity that help us to dig deeper, to investigate, and to deduce, observe, and understand uh, what's going on and, and what's really happening. And I'm going to tell you, if you take the time to, to do this, to do an awareness tune-up, you're going to be rewarded with a lot of benefits that you've been leaving on the table, possibly. I mean, I'll say it. For me, 
I have to remember, oh my gosh, did I miss the gorilla in the middle of the basketball field? Uh, Did I miss the coded message that was more important than the surface story that was being told to me? And I do want to say this, that if you start doing this, seriously, (laughs) the wisdom smack here is you will understand that What you take for granted, the low-hanging fruit, the easy stuff that you can see with your eyes, is at best a children's fairy tale as to what is really going on. And I want you to to, uh, focus on that because a lot of people believe they're lying eyes. And just because something seems to not be going in your favor, you may give up on it. You may say, this is hopeless. This is not for me. Um, I'm going in the wrong path where it might simply be a symbol to to show you that this is a pattern that has happened in your life. And if you get past it, you won't have to deal with that pattern anymore. Or it could be something else. But when you take the time to do a little bit of uh, tuning up of your awareness to see what's really going on and understand that what you see with your eyes is the smallest part of the reality of what's really going on, you'll start to see that everything you see really is icing and it is covering up the, the, the real cake beneath. So don't forget to use uh, your knowledge of patterns in your life, metaphors that you can relate to, or similes to make you understand that, oh, this situation is like this, or this person is like that person I used to know. Use archetypes. And if you don't know them, you can, they have them on Wikipedia, Google it. Learn the, you know, the top archetypes so that when you come up um with new situations, you can put a um, a title on it or tag, and therefore it becomes more manageable for you so that you don't feel like you're just being tossed to and fro out here. Um, and you will notice that your awareness will become keen and not too much will get by you. Wisdom is a wonderful thing in that wisdom does not deny you when you truly seek it out. It just doesn't. And so I want you to understand that you don't have to only see what you expect and want to see. You can see so much more that really is there, but you have to take time to look for it. It makes you search it out. It makes you work for it. But when you do, it will give you so much more insight and so many better avenues and angles and uh, uh, ways to to gain more out of the situation than you could have ever imagined. And so I hope that you take the time to try this and to work on it. It's not going to happen overnight. It is a muscle and a skill that either you got to brush off, you got to work on, or you got to elevate to the next level. But I know you can do it because we are so well equipped with it. Engage your curiosity. Understand that you really are coded and wired to solve problems and go from there. So guess what? Yes, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. Thank you so much. Thank you, dear hearts. And guess what? Yep, I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye.
And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.